What's up, folks? Um, today we're live for this week's episode of the Big Go Belt Podcast. I believe this is our episode 275th. Um, the whole crew is here in the absence of Mr. Silly Sellis. Um, man, today's been a day, and we're absolutely gonna start off by um bringing awareness to hashtag speaking up and everything that's really been going on within the wrestling community uh, as far as with the victims who we absolutely sympathize with and just um, um, it's, it's, it's a really emotional time because it's, uh, it, it's, 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 it's just a lot of these stories are just things that's just never happened um, a lot of for us wrestling is this our uh, venture outside of our nine to fives and our daily lives and you know, we have fun each and every week providing entertainment and, um, you know, breaking down things and just trying to bring a positive aspect to the community. Um, but when we see some of our favorite talent, some of our friends uh, coming out about uh, different things that have happened to them within their time in the business, um, it's just absolutely terrible. Um, and, you know, as much as everything else that's happening within the wrestling world, this is absolutely the thing that we just wanted to uh, just touch on for a little bit. And, um, you know, we, we will talk extensively more about it in another show, but um, it's just a really, really, really dark time. But I absolutely commend each and every person who is speaking up about this um, and bringing awareness because as much as it may be difficult for them, it is helping the next person beside them, behind them, that's coming up in their career. And I think that's uh, really, really important. And, you know, me uh, being ahead here at uh, Big O Bell Podcast and Media, uh, we just want to send our love and support to everybody who's, you know, going through these troubling times. And, um, you know, hopefully we, we stick together as a unit and, you know, really help some of these people that's going through this and really do the justice and making sure that no one else has to suffer within the community with this. Um, so that, that is my sound off on it. Um, Will or anybody else want to speak up on this? Well, let me just say that the uh, hashtag speaking up is trending right now on Twitter and it comes after allegations of uh, misconduct and mistreatment and sexual abuse uh, from many prominent wrestlers on the independent scene and, and of course, the ramifications of that are still developing. That's why, you know, we, the dust is nowhere near settling. As far as the uh, alleged actions, as far as the commentary that's happening online, I think the one thing that we can learn from a situation like this is that this snowballed because a person spoke up. It's, it, we are where we are right now because someone had the guts in the face of what you know the culture is te te teaching us and what society is telling us that they decided to you have the guts to speak up and that is an incredibly brave thing to do and you just hope that even though it's the ease even though it's physically easy it is mentally anguishing and Obviously, it took a long time to get to where the accused are, but you got to speak up because 
if we don't know, we don't know. So number one, believe women. Why would they lie? Number two, it's up to us as fans to hold the people that we invest our money in accountable. It's up to promoters who actually know the stories and work the business to not let that bullshit slide. This is just as much on you as it is on the actual offenders. Um, so I think Progress Wrestling gets it right when they say that there are really, really few rules in progress, but the biggest one is don't be a dick. So if everybody could start there, the world would probably be slightly better than we are now. Yeah. yeah. I think you really just touched on, Crab, that one of the wildest parts of all this is the theme that keeps coming up so far repeatedly is, oh, yeah, we knew about him. Or this isn't the first time we heard about that. Or, oh, yeah, he did that over here, too. And as these stories are going around, I think that's something to keep in mind. It's something that's jumping out at me that wrestling's had a bad reputation for a real long time. And I think a lot of people in recent years have tried to say, oh, it's not like it used to be. Now it's just as bad. In the last 24 hours, we're finding out it's just as dirty. It's just as slimy as it's always been. It's just not been maybe talked about in a while. And how this story develops in the next 24, 48 hours is going to be real interesting because Laura knows in the last, like even just three, four hours, Mm -hmm. this thing is, is spreading like wildfire and there's a lot of stories coming out. And we're at the point now already where it is touching every company in the world. We have people being named on every roster in the world at this point, I think. So how, people respond to this what conversations happen next is going to be really important because it's out it's out of the, the box has been open now all right so we'll get into more details later on on a separate show out of respect to the seriousness of a uh, this topic but uh we got a lot to think about damien yeah my my soul hurts first off reading all this um to all of your points will's point about this, you know, the last three hours have been really heavy. Uh, to Jamal's point about the snowball effect, it usually, you know, there's always one brave person and then everyone else feels comfortable to step out on their own because someone else has given them strength and they've been motivated. Uh, in sports, wrestling and otherwise, it's always that behind the curtain thing gets a little, it's a little fishy, it's a little weird. Uh, and it's moments like this that make me glad I'm not in depth as I used to be in sports and in wrestling with those behind the curtain moments. I, I there to, to your point, Will, there is a lot of, yep, I knew about that person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could have sworn I saw that. Oh, I've heard rumblings. And, you know, it's like, hey, fool me one, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me in terms of wanting to pay credence to what you're hearing. And it's coming out and it's the floodgates are going to keep opening and they're going to keep coming out. And I I think it was, um, I don't know who it was, but someone said, okay, this is going to be the extinction level event for Mm -hmm. professional wrestling. And Oh, um, all damn O'Shea. It was O'Shea Edwards Mm -hmm. that said it. And yeah, just, just let the meteor hit and let's see where we are because there was some good that happened in wrestling up until the last 24 to 48 hours, you know, new stars were, were introduced to audiences. We had supposedly the greatest wrestling match of all time 
And yet here we are talking about assholes in an industry that has carny roots and it still is happening. You know, Dark Side of the Ring showed us that before, how carny people can be, but now it's now it's just it's disgusting. And I'm I'm interested to see how all this is going to play out. Yeah. Um Faye Jackson is like one of my uh world respected um I don't even know what the words to say here, but I, I love me some Faye. And I love that she's never short to speak um, or be a voice of reason within the community. Right. And I love no matter what, um, she she's always there to protect her friends and to create a safe space for her. And I couldn't even imagine ever bringing up this conversation without mentioning, uh, you know, the type of person she is for the wrestling community and just the world period. She's just an amazing person. So I really, really... Is just just a second to just send her some love because, um, like she said, people call her Mama Faye and she doesn't play games. I've seen it. I've seen it. I just tweeted it. I've seen it. When it comes down to misconduct or anything in the locker room, whether it's not being treated right, whether you're not getting your check, Faye's not letting any of that slide on her watch. And you know, if more Faye's come about, that's definitely a good step into the right direction into um, really creating a really safe and positive culture. Uh, within each of these locker rooms because she holds everybody credible. Um, and then for some of the f- people I've seen write stories, Valentina Loca, um, uh, Ariella Nix, uh, I, I simply put, I love you. And I, you know, I, I feel bad that it ever had to happen. Anything like that ever had to happen to you guys because you're, you're two of the nicest people I know. Um, and, you know, you're just working hard, just trying to make a name in the career, make in, 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 um, and, uh, you know, cash a check. And it should never have to come down to these stories. It, it really shouldn't. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, for anybody else that's, you know, struggling or going through any of these things, you know, um, there, I, I think Faye Jackson is absolutely a person that by all means you can definitely talk to um, as, you know, she's just been a really big advocate for this and always been. Don't get a twist. Ever since this uh, hashtag standing up has came come about she's been about this since day one and i think you know if anybody whoever listened to a show know anybody that listened to the show um to direct over to faye is definitely a good start if you just wonder how can you get your voice heard or you just need somebody to talk to um so yeah but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll definitely touch on this a little bit more in the later show just because of the nature of everything but we're just wishing everybody the best that's going through all of this um so any other speaking out I think that's yeah speaking out i'm sorry not speaking out speaking out um thank you uh okay so let's uh let's 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 talk about um this past sunday and backlash happened backlash 2020 and for all it's worth but i think you know we've seen wrestling come to a complete end as we said because the greatest match ever happened and there's no reason to ever watch wrestling ever again because that's it wipe your hands it's done we're done. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Game over. Because we, we met the final boss and that and that was it. <laughs> uh, but um Randy Orton and Edge put on an hour classic, if I may say. And outside of all the shenanigans in the production, the piped in crowd voice uh noise, the 
YouTube reactors, uh, X, uh, uh what's, what's the word? Uh, X, X, S, X, X, something, whatever. I'll come back to it. But all the YouTube reactors that was outside for every little thing that's happened, take all that away. It was an amazing match for however old they are. They damn sure got down and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it to say, is it the best match ever? I don't know, but I think in a list of 20, it could be up there because it was it was damn sure a quality match for them. Um, good chemistry, good storytelling. Um, and, man, I don't think I've seen a match like that in WWE since probably the Cruiserweight Classic, to be honest, or the May Young Classic, where uh, two people just went out there and they put on their talent and and they, and they did the thing. Um, so uh, I, 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 I know we talked about it last week about – our thoughts on it, but now that it has happened, I'll have to say that I'm not disappointed. I think they did the job and it was, it was entertaining to watch. Nonetheless. I Um, tell you coming, coming off the uh, WrestleMania match they had that I was painfully bored by. (laughs) And that was also very long and uh, tedious and had no crowd and it was quiet and was awkward and had moaning and groaning. I was not excited about this match. And of course, we all were looking at ourselves, you know, with that Narna when they put that tagline on it, like, uh, what the hell are they thinking calling it this? What yeah. the hell's the idea with this? All of us were like, what? And my God, Sunday came. And, you know, you had the awkward start with like, okay, we got Howard Finkel from the great beyond announcing uh, <laughs> competitors, which is kind of like, okay. And then we got the crowd noise added in and then like some tricky camera angles. But once you got used to that and credit words too, they didn't go overboard with the crazy camera angles, The the sound was what it was. But as a match went on, I got used to it. There was no taken away from Edge and Randy Orton, they worked their asses off. Yep. There, there was no getting around that. The production was what it was. It was different. And in some way, I think as the, the longer the match went, the more I was able to look past that. Really just because those two just, they did everything in their power to have a hell of a damn match. And compared to that first one, this was just years better. Miles better. Just I, Best match ever? No. Not best, <laughs> match ever. best match in WWE in a long damn time? Yeah, probably. I, I'm pretty comfortable saying that. It was it was really damn good, especially considering it didn't have a whole bunch of gimmicks, didn't have a whole bunch of bells and whistles. They went out there and had a wrestling match for 45 minutes. And I can't think the last time I was that entertained by a WWE match that went that damn long. So yeah. if anything, they far exceeded my damn expectations. Mm-hmm. So if anything, it was the most um, fancy, well-produced TV taping match, taking advantage of technology <laughs> that you can put out there in my mind, between all the <laughs> editing and sound sweetening and camera cuts and all that stuff. So, I don't know, who wants to get near next? So, uh, we've talked about the fact that these cinematic matches are going to extend the careers of, of the older generation for a little while longer. We talk about the takers, we talk about, you know, now with Edge being in his, you know, mid to late 40s, uh, I honestly think I watched it twice just to make sure what I was watching was legitimately decent or good. Uh, I still don't know when Edge ruptured his triceps. I didn't read the reports. I didn't know when it happened. But the editing job did a really good job of covering that up if and when it, when it did happen. But for me, the match itself, when people say best wrestling match ever, I think best wrestling match for those two 
against each other, sure. Uh, to Will's point, best wrestling match I've seen in WWE programming that wasn't someone that were two WWE lifers almost. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm not saying it came from like a super indie or anything like that where it's just a bunch of spots. It was a really well-crafted old school wrestling match that incorporated a lot of the stuff that the quote unquote Matt technician people love to see. And I think what's annoying people a little bit about it is that people forget that Randall Orton is a good professional wrestler. Mm -hmm. So if you were going to have a match (laughs) like this, that wasn't a backstage brawl, he knows what the hell he's doing. So to be honest, I'm glad it was Orton that was in something like this and not say, and I'm just throwing out a name, not saying like Edge in the Big Show because that just would have been a train wreck from, from here on in. But just for me watching as a fan, seeing 46-year-old Edge try to do chain wrestling, knowing he's come back from injuries and working with someone like Orton. And at the very least, another small little thing that we got is the return of the legend killer Orton, mm-hmm. which I appreciate, which... In 10 more years, he's about to be a legend himself, so he might have to off himself in some weird, you know, <laughs> looper kind of way where his past self comes to meet him and ends his career. But it brought back the punt. And then the follow-up to Monday with Christian and all that jazz, I thought that was really well done. Uh, it moved the storyline narrative. It was a fun match to watch. Was it Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk back in ROH? Uh no. Or was it like uh, Samoa Joe versus everybody and anybody in the early stages of TNA? No. But for WWE, it did its job. I enjoyed myself. Oh, I didn't watch it. Yeah, so, I mean, if this is, if this is where you, you want me, like, some insight, some in-depth analysis. No, I didn't watch it. I was ready for Orton to get shredded. Well, I mean, like, I love myself enough to not put myself through a Randy Orton match. <laughs> so it ain't worth it. it. It just ain't worth it. Um, I didn't watch pay-per-view. Um, I, I just don't have an interest in the build of anything. And the cap it off was Orton versus Edge. And that'll be wrong. I know I don't like Randy Orton. I definitely don't like Edge either. Never have. And... <laughs> For them to, you know, build this as the physical greatest thing ever, <laughs> um, for me, is it, a non-starter. Um, I, I just don't care. It could be the two greatest curling teams of all time, <laughs> and they can have the best curling match, throwing those damn stones with the bricks, and oh my god, bullseye every time, killing it. It's still curling. I don't care. So hopefully the match was what it was. Apparently it did not suck, which I guess is the best possible outcome. Yes. But (laughs) as we discussed before it happened, what it would take to be the best, greatest match of all time, they may have delivered on some level. And and to that, I say uh, good for them. I mean, you know, Edge is pushing 50 if he ain't, and Orton's damn near uh, 50 if if he's not already. So for them to go out there and put on a 40-minute, hour-long match is, for anyone, is still damn good. Now, the real question is, who do they get to, to up the ante? Because just because this is the greatest 
doesn't mean that we can ha- have a new greatest. <laughs> greatest no. as of today. Right. Yeah, rest, wrestling's done. So it's no, 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 no. Wrestling's canceled. <laughs> we just didn't know why it would be canceled when we talked about this last week. <laughs> we, did, we did not know Sunday we were watching the series finale of wrestling, but it was yeah. coming because of something else. Could you could you imagine if that's what they did? If WWE actually did promote like uh, the season finales by having matches like this and the greatest match ever, like how cliche that would be. I will say this though about Randall Orton. Um, he's looking the best he's been in his entire career mm-hmm. as a heel. He works best. Um, again, I have no clue how old he is. I have no clue how, how old Edge is, but again, they put on a solid hour match and it was entertaining uh, by all means and purposes. There was everything else I hated about it. Everything actually probably wouldn't have mind watching that match on mute. Uh, Cause everything else was just, it was just a, a distraction. He's 40. But Randy Orton's 40. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. Randy, Randy Orton's having a really good 2020, you know? I mean, I will say that he had an interesting beginning of 2020, but I think he's starting to get, start to come on the right path. And maybe once you start letting go of some of that BS in your body, then you, you start effectively moving better as a person. So uh, good for him, you know what I mean. Um, stay off, stay off Twitch, by the way, you know, or just video games and recording yourself. Period. Like, stay on this path, and you you'll be just fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, for WWE standards, yeah, I I personally, with this conversation, am looking forward to that really big shocking match. That just is truly it is what it is without all the accolades around the saying it is the best. I am truly looking forward to seeing who would be the next two people to step up to do so. I mean, we talked about our favorite matches last week, but when you think about it, each and every year there was one match that really just transcended throughout the wrestling. You know, the year of the Ricochet and um Ospreay. and Will Ospreay. The Keith Lee and Donovan Dijak, and like you said, Kota Obushi and, and Cedric Alexander. These are these are matches that were just staples of the year. I'm curious to see who's going to step up for 2020 right now, uh, because at this right now, if you were injured, everyone should be re- recouping uh, good, and um, and it can happen on any level. You know, every everybody has a little bit of a platform now uh, to, to 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 be able to show their talent their talents worldwide. So. Definitely curious to see who's going to be that next person to kind of step up. Is there anything else to talk about Backlash? Uh, apparently, uh, what's his face? Pritchard changed the Oscar uh, Naya match. Uh, Vince changed it for Pritchard or whatever the case may be. And it was supposed to end with uh, Oscar winning originally. And then they did the double count out thing to, to drag it out a little bit more. So that was the rewrite going around that Vince apparently, uh, once Heyman was fired, did he just changed that and the uh whatever that it's not even a match whatever that was between the viking prophets or the prophet no. raiders with the ninjas the viking prophets and just, <laughs> I, I, the, just and i tweeted about this it was it was garbage but it was fun garbage and then they wound up in the garbage which made it more interesting during the match and then they were attacked by a cthulhu monster and it was just a whole bunch of nonsense i it thought was we something were gonna, Something because we had Akira Tozawa 
show up with we thought were going to be some fast and furious ninjas on some yamahas wait wait when you said you mean you thought it was it was i got amped up thinking oh we're gonna get some like yakuza style stuff going on okay great yeah. and then we, we we got him dressed like in typical party city ninja garb and doing hand and a giant ninja Yes, and a giant ninja who was on Monday Night Raw. Um, just, I don't even know what that was, but that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me. Is like, I can't believe I can't. And to Jamal's point about not watching it, maybe that's the thing. Maybe I just have to not watch it. But it was a train wreck. There was a bowling ball shot to the nuts. Somebody got speared through a plate glass window, but there was no blood. And why you speared me, fam? Like, ugh, just so much stuff. But that is the biggest thing for me that stood out. Yeah, Backlash was a one-mat show. I say that the, 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 the other big one, I guess, was Drew and Bobby had a heck of a little title match going on before the finish got, you know, kind of weird. But they were definitely putting in their work. But Edge and Orton was, was the show. That was the yeah. show. If that match didn't happen, we'd be talking about how bad the show was. So yeah. it is it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. We're going to pivot a little different, and we're going to move towards our half break yes. right now. That feels that right, right to now. me too. Yeah. Right now. So um Palette cleanser. As always, I'm going to hand it off to Sir Giant Crab. Hey, this is Two Chains, the host of the BGB podcast. Be sure to visit us on YouTube and subscribe for additional content. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Go Belt podcast on iTunes and all audio platforms. Visit BigGoBellGroup.com, the golden standard for all of your wrestling needs, and connect with us on all social media platforms. Hello. So, um, Hilo Cameo is basically where I look at the offerings from Cameo, which is a website where celebrities, big and small, can, uh, if you request and are willing to pay, they will send you a shout out, message, greeting. Um, maybe you want to speak to, uh, you know, an ex-wife or, you know, maybe <laughs> you want to speak to an old crush or maybe you, you want to spew hatred at David Starr. Do it. But pay up. <laughs> um, and you know, for a for a nominal fee, and this week that nominal fee is from Matt Riddle. Now, Matt, Matt Riddle, superstar Matt Riddle. <laughs> Matt Riddle is charging a rate. Is that rate higher or lower than Roy Jones Jr.? Ooh. Interesting. So first of all, I think Roy Jones is retired, but at this rate, anybody can come out the policy. <laughs> so Matt Riddle, uh, I'm going to say Matt Riddle is lower than Roy Jones. Same. That's that's what I was going to say too. Roy Jones, I'm sure, still views himself as a name. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to say Matt Riddle lower than Roy Jones Jr. At $199, Matt Riddle is lower than Roy Jones Jr. Okay. Where's that extra dollar going, just by the way? Well, no, it's, it's not an extra dollar. It, it's it's minus a dollar. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, like, why? What, because what, because why Jones, Jones is a man of the people. He doesn't want to break the bank. 
So it's it's just too much. Can't write that. So now you know one ninety nine makes a lot of sense. So that's okay. That's okay. Hold on. Did I read this correctly? Cameo has a new gimmick. Are we getting there? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is what happens when you ruin the bit. Calm <laughs> okay. down. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Calm down. Don't read okay. ahead. We'll Don't read okay. ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> By the way, that, that's not me looking at prices, people. I, that's me reading this, the sheet for the night, just so you know. Go ahead, Jamal. <laughs> so uh, we know that Roy Jones is charging one ninety nine, but is Matt Riddle charging more? Or less than Pete Rose. Oh, Pete Rose is absolutely higher. I've been to Pete, a Pete yeah. Rose signing in Vegas. is absolutely higher. Never was less than Pete Rose for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with everybody on that one. At $150, Matt Riddle is definitely less than Pete Rose. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Pete Rose is a sick dude. He, he, he is still collecting in Vegas, probably today, like right now. <laughs> Well, Matt Riddle, uh, you know, is charging less than Pete Rose, but is he charging more or less than Mickey James? Oh. Ooh. Now we're getting kind of comparable because mm-hmm. Matt Riddle is a more fresh, relevant name, but Mickey James has the track record. Oh, man. I, I got a feeling they are very close. I will say Mickey James is lower than Matt Riddle. Same. At $250, Mickey James is definitely not lower than Matt Riddle. Jeez, go Mickey. Yeah, I was going to say, she, she has an eye for the the meet and greets and stuff like that. And she's a premium person when it comes to like the WrestleCons and stuff like that. So now here's, here's the thing. Matt Riddle, you know, God bless him, is charging $125. And that's fine. Mickey James is charging $250. But Cameo has a new gimmick, as we've already heard. (laughs) So now Cameo will give you 10 minutes. Instead of having you reach out to a a celebrity or an influencer or whoever you like um, for just them to record a two-minute quick message, you can actually schedule a 10-minute long Zoom call with a person of interest. Premium now, content here. Premium content. This is the Diamond Jubilee package for, <laughs> for Cameo. Now, there aren't a lot of names on the 10-minute Zoom call because that could be problematic. But one, per, but a couple people that are of interest, I picked three. Mickey James charges $250 for a two-minute video where she speaks to you, full stop. How much would it cost to have a 10 minute long conversation with Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> is that higher or lower than Mickey James? Hey, can I at tell two, you? At 250? I have <laughs> met I have met Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> I can say that it, it whatever this is, it will be worth your bang for your buck. What allow, obviously, an inciting person. It's gotta be more than 250. Got yeah. one on one with Zazu from Aladdin. Yeah. So also make sure your heart, you check your heart rate and 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 and, and your blood pressure not too high because whatever it is won't be the same by the end of that. I'm guessing he has to be. I mean, based on those metrics, he has to be like a chill eight hundred dollars for it. Shoot, I'm thinking a few grand for so ten high. minutes of his time. 
10 minutes with Gilbert Godfrey will cost you $750. Okay. Yeah, Ooh. right there. That ain't bad. That's kind of a deal in my mind. So if you spend $250, you can have Mickey James reach out to you. How much would it cost to have a 10-minute meet and greet with Tommy the Green Ranger, Jason David Frank? Because he's bought oh, that money. Two, yeah, $2,000. He's just premium everything. Matter of fact, he's he's so premium. If you ever go meet the Power Rangers at a Comic-Con, he is the additional. Like, you can get Amy Jo Johnson with the group, but you still have to go extra for him? Yep. I don't see how that works, but that's what he commands. I, I say 15 grand and a half. If you have 250 for Mickey James, this is an, an actual, this is the sale of the century. Because for that same 250, Jason David Frank will spend 10 minutes of his precious time with you, $250. It is the exact Whoa. same. That's pretty good. That's a, that's I mean, a steal. That is a real a, steal. If you're like a fan that is an actual fan of his work and his, you know, his like um, straight edge stuff that he was doing after Power Rangers, and just if you're just a 250 ain't bad. So last one on the Zoom cameo call. If you're a big Lord of the Rings fan, oh. how much would it cost to talk to Sean Astin? He's also a premium person too. So wait, you said Jason David Frank was how much again? Two fifty. Two fifty. Two fifty. For ten minutes? That's that's yeah, that's a steal. I that think is, a steal. That's a hell of a steal. That price is going to be going up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Once cons get once cons get back in session, he gonna realize. I think that's kind of why it is because once the uh, conventions get back up and running, and they will get back up and running, um, yeah, that two fifty is definitely going. He might not even do it anymore because he's always doing the. You're right. Uh, You're right. But the yeah. bottom line is that that's gonna go up. Right, because he for him to get something signed and picture is eighty dollars. I oh, vividly he, remember that. So. And that's you still got to buy the entire Power Rangers experience just to have the option to get him. exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. It's like tier one them for eighty dollars, but if you want the extra, it is. And then they sell the, the stuff you can get signed there too. So yeah. So I don't know. Um, what's his name from uh, Lord of the Rings? That he's he's been kind of he's popular. another he's another guy that does, that does the convention circuit. Yeah, I, I feel like because of the Rudy thing, a lot of people would be willing to pay money for it because people like that movie. So he's got a lot of things under his belt. So that's it's more than just Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we're talking yeah. Sean Astin. So five hundred. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two hundred. I mean, unless James David Frank is such a big steal that he doesn't even know his value, but. It has to be on him, so two hundred. Yeah, it's so it's so hard after Gilbert Gottfried being seven fifty. I'm I'm all over the map now. What these values are? We got two fifty. We got seven fifty. I'll go right in the middle, five hundred. Well, again, this is based on the fact that Mickey James is only charging two hundred fifty dollars for her to reach out for you to you for ten minutes. You can get a ten minute sit down with Sean Astin for five hundred ninety nine dollars. Oh, I was close. Yep. So the price of a PS3 will, or I can't remember those days. The price of a PS3 or you sit down five. with Sandbox Gamgee for $5.99. PS5. But yes, yeah. Oh no, the PS5 okay. is definitely gonna be eight hundred dollars. Don't think it won't. No, I think I think the price leaked today or something like that. Said it was uh 
five ninety nine for the standard and uh, four ninety nine for the digital version. That's what I think I saw. So, okay, that's actually not terrible. Yeah. Okay, the very last one. The very last one. Billy K. Oh, Iconics. Or this, this is the standard, right? This is standard. Okay. Standard. Billy K. One half of the Iconics. Is she higher or lower than Chad Ochocinco? Oh. Or, or, or are they charging the same? So I think, oh, we brought up T.O. before. But Chad Ochocinco is absolutely a football player turned reality star. He's a personality, sure. Yeah. He's got to be more. He's got to be more. I yeah. Think Billy Kay, is, in my mind, is not that hot a commodity to be charging some premium funds. Yeah. Well, as we learned today, male wrestlers, male wrestlers and male wrestling fans kind of don't know how to keep it in the pants. So I that think is Billy true. Kay is certainly attractive enough to garner, uh, you know, a, a fair wage for the, for the simps out there. So high, low, or stay, uh, which is greater? Or not, Billy K. Chad Ochocinco. You say they're high. That Chad is higher. Yes, that that's yeah. my take. Well, both of them charge a hundred dollars for one crisp Ben Franklin bill. You can uh, you can either talk to Chad or you can talk to Billy K. And I think that that's a steal. And that's and standard. Bucks, you said right. That is standard. That is the mm. standard. You know, a hundred bucks. And actually, a lot of people are at about a hundred bucks. Um, there's a lot of like decent names like uh, Jermaine Dye, Britt Baker, Pat Plexico Burris, Riddick Bowe, um, you know, Lawyer Malloy. You know, there there's some names. There are absolutely some names at, at, at the hundred dollar mark. So that's a Trent Richardson when he was, you know, a thing. A thing. It actually it actually says Trent Richardson of the Birmingham Iron of the AAF. Stop it! That's, Stop that's, it! Dead serious. Stop it's him. Uh, with the because he has all of those pictures. God, God damn! I mean, it, it's a hundred dollars, so I can't part with that. But um, but Trent, Lord knows, Trent Richardson. I've never, I have never seen a football player go over the curve or go over the cliff as fast as he did. <laughs> yeah, like except two for, years, right? Except, for, except for paper like Peyton Hillis, that dude was on the Madden cover. Well, it was all Richardson good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, when you go. So yeah, so did Peyton Ellis. Like the Browns is not where you uh, succeed. Well, well, the Madden curse is real. I mean, that, that's that's you know, that's undisputed. But shout, shout out to Samantha Heist, who loves the Browns oh, for whatever oh. reason. Besides <laughs> being over that. But that is high cameo for this week, and I really need more people to charge for the Zoom calls because <laughs> that is outrageous that Gilbert Godfrey wants seven fifty for that. Look, you getting you're getting full blown personality, and he's going to yell your head off for ten minutes. He he has to somehow buy all the tea in the world to recover. Like there's no if ands or buts for ten minutes. You're going you know to have to pay that. Ten minutes is though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If it's an interview, which I would think most people would do, I mean, that's three to four questions. But him, yeah. that might be one question. <laughs> and then tangent. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I want to chime in about Cameo because something came up on social media the other day. Uh, I think Tiger Driver uh, posted a thing with Johnny Sins. And 
for a second there, I thought adult film star Johnny Sins was a wrestling fan. I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. But then I realized it was a cameo that they paid Johnny Sins to promote their T-shirt on What a Maneuver uh, for, uh, I believe it's a, a black trans women. So I thought it was interesting. Oh, say, uh, sex workers. And I thought it was interesting that they picked Johnny Sins to do it. But for five minutes, I literally thought Johnny Sins was a wrestling fan. And then when I brought it up on Twitter, I said, oh, good cameo investment. They both responded, yes, it was. So, <laughs> ha I knew it. <laughs> uh, mm. Good times. All right. So let's move to COVID-19. And- Have we ever left it? No, we, uh, no, excuse me. Y'all about to say, excuse me, we haven't left that. But <laughs> apparently a lot of the world thought it was just gone. Yeah, you're right. It, it was, it also surrendered by the greatest match ever on Sunday. So, <laughs> so uh, by well, the no, way. It, kick, it kicked out and came back with such a comeback that it's now down in Florida setting records again. So Yeah, yeah 52% <laughs> of Orlando uh, International Airport staff has tested positive for COVID-19. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, that's not a high number at all. (laughs) And just just imagine the the parks aren't even open yet down there. Mm. (laughs) Oh, good times, good times. But yes, let's talk about the COVIDs and the world wrestling entertainment. (laughs) So, okay, there's a lot to this story shall I say, there's different moving pieces and so on. But I, I guess before we can get into the news, and I'm going to ask this question to anybody who's listening, to whether it's the podcast or listening live now, do, do anybody seriously feel like it's just gone? Like, I know everybody wants to get back to the real life, but like, is anybody out there thinking like, because your state or whatever saying we're going into phase two, phase three, whatever it may be, that is just all said and done? No. Nope. Uh-uh. The only thing I felt good about is over here in Northern Virginia, in the last like 10 days, we've gotten down to single digit cases in the last, like more often than not in the last 10 days, the numbers coming in are single digit new cases, which feels like a huge damn accomplishment. But with that said, I'm still wearing my mask and like not doing any damn thing different, but it's just getting that report and seeing like, okay, we're in single digit numbers. My God, thank you, Lord. And (laughs) Certainly, that is not the case elsewhere, as we are discovering. <laughs> yeah. And also, I wish I can remember what states, but some states are like, we're making a U-turn on our uh, opening uh, plans because of these things, whatever it may be. But nonetheless, OK, so WWE, as you've seen, have had their NXT talent in the crowd. And what do you know? All of a sudden, this week, we see people who aren't NXT people. They're actual fans. I actually do not know what a fan looked like at this point. So I was a little bit baffled. Like, oh, that's not, uh, is it? I'm not sure. <laughs> Nonetheless, it's sad to the point that we haven't seen fans for so long that you actually have to kind of like confirm a lot that they were legitimate fans. Um, but uh, stuff is coming out about how fans were being treated into coming back to shows, whether it's them being required to wear a mask or not. There's been reports saying that they were not. There's also people saying that um, that they were. Um, so we're going to kind of break down that news a little bit. And then ultimately, 
tapings have been canceled because apparently an unnamed talent in NXT has tested positive for COVID-19, thus shutting everything down for what? I, I, I want somebody it delayed to tell me things a day. It delayed things a day. They I was going to say a day. I was, yeah. yeah, I was about to say a week, but I was like, wait a minute, wasn't it a day? <laughs> yeah, they were going to record things on Tuesday and they had to bump it to Wednesday because they had to do testing. Because now right. suddenly we have a positive test at the Performance Center and they have confirmed that. WWE themselves put out a statement, so we're not speculating on that. There, there was a positive test at the Performance Center for someone that was there in early June. So someone had it. Speak to what two James was saying earlier. Apparently the big deal this week at raw, which was live after the backlash pay-per-view they allowed friends and family of people there in Orlando into the performance center for the taping. So it was outside WWE people that were allowed in the building. I don't know a number of how many, but it was the first time it happened. And Reports that came out the next morning were that people were being told, hey, you can come to the taping. That's great. You just got to get your temperature checked. Oh, and if you're looking to wear a mask, that ain't cool. We don't want that on camera. So that was the word coming out that morning. And definitely we can say this. I do not remember seeing anyone wearing a mask on camera in the audience on Raw on Monday. So. The next morning, all this comes out about the positive test. We have stories come out. WWE made a statement about, you know, yes, we had a positive test, but, you know, we allowed friends and family in, but we by no means said they couldn't wear masks. There's conflicting stories from people there about whether they were told they could wear a mask or not wear a mask. But a lot of people are saying they came in and then they felt they didn't need to wear a mask. WWE put out a bunch of stuff saying that, well, we people didn't need to wear a mask because social distancing was in place and everyone was six feet apart. And the talent was kept away from the the people in the building and the t- wrestlers and all that. We had the barricades and, you know, that was real interesting when you watch Raw and then see the Street Profits just dance around the barricade and go through the crowd. And there was a whole lot of non-six foot social distancing going on during that whole segment. So statements that just don't really add up as to what was going on. But my biggest concern was definitely if you're saying people can't wear masks or if you're just, you know, kind of doing a deal where it's maybe social pressure for people not to wear masks because they don't see other people wearing masks there. And then you're one of those folks in attendance and you find out, oh, by the way, positive test on site. Yeah, not the position I would want to be in, to say the least. I saw Monday night in the crowd, and to be quite honest, I was kind of appalled because I really started to focus now on the amount of people in the crowd and Mm -hmm. the lack of social distancing because I'm on – my state is on stage three, and yet we had the biggest upswell uh, of of COVID cases. So – our stupid governor decided to say it was because of Memorial Day, whatever. So seeing on Raw, I think the comment was made about the Street Profits, you know, being so close to the crowd and no one's wearing a mask because, you know, the crowd is part of the Street Profits entrance. It's not going to get any better, y'all. Like, the fact that they canceled one taping for a day, it's not going to get any better. What I don't understand, and and maybe y'all can explain it to me, 
in words that aren't just, well, it's WWE, what else are you going to do? Is the ability of Kevin Dunn's mind to say, hey, it doesn't look good on camera. Don't be safe. We don't mm. care about you, which we've discussed that they probably don't. But I don't, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Still, why the hell are we telling people don't wear masks because it doesn't look good on television? Especially when this is a company that is marketing and selling masks with WWE logos and talent, you know, colors and designs on them. You would think Mm -hmm. they would want to pass those masks out to everyone there and be like, hey, let's sell us some damn masks. You can get one that looks like Kane. You can get one that looks like Rey Mysterio. Put them in the crowd. Focus on them. But no, it boggles the mind. Uh Totally. Jamal, before you get in there, what I what I'm just not understanding is why are they so against recognizing the idea and the fact, shall I say, that they're in a pandemic? They have made no nods to it at all. When it comes down to why the crowd isn't there, they completely avoid it. Is if like it is if like it doesn't exist, and I don't understand how that becomes detrimental to your programming. But I'm starting to think beyond that is like, what backdoor deal is going on for you to act like nothing is good? Is nothing nothing is happening and all is good to continue to run your business? Is this some type of additional clause in the in the exchange of hands and making sure that you can reopen? Is considering this as essential? Like, I don't understand why is it such. Everybody else has been addressing it. Every other big. Uh, sport in the state of Florida has addressed it. Whether it's uh, AEW, whether it's been UFC, whether it's boxing and top rank, wherever maybe everyone is addressing it. But why is so WWE so against it? It's what I just don't get. So the short answer to your question is it's because that is not in the best interest of the person or persons running the show. Mm-hmm. Um, to admit that you're being beaten by anything, let alone a, a virus, um, is detrimental to the uh, strength of the product. The president does this every single day where he'll downplay and marginalize everything that isn't, uh, that is weaker or than or less than. That's the way that he talks. Mr. Man is no different. Oh, Another billionaire, 70-year-old white guy. How about that? But the bottom line is, is that it's not just the adage that the show must go on or anything like that. It's just that he doesn't want to show any sign of weakness to anyone ever. Vince McMahon doesn't run a TV show. Vince McMahon runs a little marionette playhouse that only he himself can see. Somebody luckily decided to put a camera on that bitch and show it on USA Network. <laughs> everything that he does is is to for his benefit and his gratification. So let's just be fair for a second and say that what other company has absolutely called it out and said this is what we're doing transparently on TV. Now I don't live on Twitter like the rest of the internet does. So as far as AEW is concerned, the show that I actually watch regularly, 
they've Cody came out and said after on the first uh, no fan show that these are troubling times. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, Jim Ross has said kind of in his angry old man bit that he does every now and again, like, yeah, we've been tested 50 times. Damn it. You know, like, okay, well, that's kind of a poor taste because you know, the hospitals are swarmed with the infected, but yeah, you got a test. Good for you. Call wrestling. Um, the bottom line is, is that it's not a matter of safety. It's not a matter of anything else than not showing weakness. And Vince McMahon has always, always, always put the business before anything else. Because that's that's his baby. Right. He doesn't have children. He has one wrestling business. That 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 you know that Stephanie and, and Shane happen to be born out of, but the wrestling business is his baby. And that's that's what it is. Mm. He it's it's sad, obviously. But this is exactly, you know, what it is. Um, I think the interesting thing about WWE's lack of testing and how it looks on TV is the same reason, the same mindset that dumbasses are flocking to the beaches, you know, that they're flocking to the um, with their with their long rifles flocking to the state house. <laughs> a reason why the lieutenant governor of Texas said that. Well, if senior citizens got to die for America, then uh-huh. that's a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> Paraphrasing, but that's exactly what he said. Um, you know, it's that mindset. Mm-hmm. It's that mindset of, fuck it. The show must go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've seen many times where the show must go on. Owen Hart, the show must go on. Mm-hmm. Chris Benoit, no, the show must go on. Um out of all the stories that we heard about abuse and, and assault, the dark side of the ring had a couple seasons on it. Uh, no, the show must go on. So, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. I don't expect it really until the, either the culture forces him to change, which it has not yet, or he steps down, which he will die in the ring. Uh, Vince McMahon is that guy that's just been with the company for 97 years, and he'll either, the day that he doesn't show up for work, Send, send an ambulance because we need a wellness check. No doubt. No doubt. He knows nothing else. So he's going to do it until he physically can't do it no more. I've been saying that forever. Right. It is what it is. But, yeah, the you, you nailed it, Crab. It, it, that really has been the deal. It's the – I think in their mind or in really the case of in the higher-ups' minds, in the Vince McMahon's mind, in a Kevin Dunn's mind, in the, the higher-ups there – this virus is an inconvenience for them. This has it's kept not- them from that. Yeah, this is an inconvenience for them that is keeping them from, from performing the shows that they want to perform in the way they want to perform them. So they are begrudgingly doing what they have to do. But right. keep in mind, that's it. They are begrudgingly going to just, you know, if we have to do this, we'll do it. But that doesn't mean we have to recognize it. Doesn't mean we have to draw attention to it. We'll do it. But. You know, yeah, I, I'm. I can't imagine they're talking much about this when they're there. They're just yep. doing what they got to do to get their show on the air and get their money. It is what it is. Unfortunately, and, and, and they don't give COVID the rub. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's also the mindset that other people outside of wrestling are having to deal with, uh, you know, in real life situations as stores are starting to open up. 
as states are starting to open up in different phases and such, depending on where you are, people are having to choose between, I just got an email from AMC Theater saying, welcome back. Uh, (laughs) And it's like, for me, as the customer, it's like, oh, it would be cool to go see a thing in Dolby Vision at the big screen. But what about little Terry behind the register, you know, who was like popping popcorn, dealing with all this bullshit for $10 an hour? Mm-hmm. Worth his life or the risk of his health, maybe not his life, but at the risk of his health to do it. And that's that's where we are. And, and yet and yet this country stubbornly moves forward. And to piggyback off that with AMC that you just got the email from, it's up online now that, uh, yes, they're looking to reopen and they are not going to make wearing a mask mandatory because mm-hmm. they don't want to make a political statement. So yeah, if, you go to the grocery, if you go to the grocery store, you got to wear a mask. But apparently AMC, you can hang out in the theater for a couple hours, right. whatever you want. What you could know? go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? So it's, uh, Yeah, no, no, no. So, yeah, um, it, it, I mean, it is what it is, but, you know, let, let's get out of here. I got some news. <laughs> After you. Okay. So, it is, it's been an interesting day, and obviously we'll keep you updated. You know, stay close to the Twitters and the Facebooks and BillGoBellGroup.com for more updates as it develops with this whole hashtag speaking up. Uh, the Me Too movement has hit wrestling hard. Not hard enough, and I hope, I really, really, really hope that circling back to the beginning, speak up. Please, please, please speak up. Everyone has a role to play in situations like this. If you, if I'm a fan of someone, I would like to know who I'm a fan of. And if that person's a piece of shit, then, hey, come with the receipts, put it out there, mm-hmm. and let us, let the marketplace decide. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but either way, it, it, I know it's tough. It's the, it's the toughest thing that you'll ever do to be able to stand up to this 800 pound gorilla that has so much control over your life, but please do it, do it for yourself, do it for yourself, but also do it for the fans and stuff that you know and support you. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female, uh, but 99% of these, these are going to be female. And that's unfortunate as well. But the bottom line is, is please speak up um, and, and speak up to professionals. Twitter is not a psycho uh, is not a psychologist. Uh, Twitter is not a, a therapist. Uh, Twitter is the mob, an angry mob with keyboards and pitchforks. So seek professional help if you need it, but do, do, do speak up. So with that said, um, OTT (laughs) and RevPro and Southside Wrestling in uh, in England, uh, in Ireland and over there in the British Isles has uh, vacated David David Starr from all of his independent uh, championships. And of course, all of the uh, the companies over there are renouncing their um, ability to work with him. So that'd be interesting to see where it goes, but David Starr has already made his peace with it on wrestling uh, on, on Twitter tonight, saying that that is what it is. Yeah. And he's also deleted his account. He's scrubbed everything at this point. Right, so that's that's kind mm-hmm. of... That's kind of is what it is. But speaking of independence wrestling, some actual good news from wrestling today and that GCW, it's back. Uh, this, uh, well, today's the 18th, 19th, this Saturday, GCW, downtown Indianapolis, White River State Park, they're holding an event. It would be interesting to see what that looks like, and it will be live on fight. 
tickets are sold out. Uh, I'm not, I don't know what the social distancing order is in Indiana. I don't know what the crowd capacity of the Celebration Plaza Amphitheater uh, in downtown uh, looks like, but it will be interesting to see what that is. And of course, going forward, how other independent shows bring fans back into the fold. And it would also be interesting to see if the Indies can do it, will that force the hand of the major corporations to do it on TV? Because I may not be as interested in WWE per se, if I know that I can go to a show, if I were so inclined, uh, you know, over the next couple of weekends. So Fight TV, uh, you know, this Sun Saturday at five o'clock Eastern uh, in Indianapolis. So good on GCW for coming back and slowly wrestling is getting back to normal. But Does it because, say if it's an outdoor event? Um, well, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's at the, um, it's at a, yeah, the venue is out, so outdoors. It's similar okay. to the, um, the uh, Verizon Amphitheater in um, Cedar Park, Texas. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's similar to that deal, but a little bit smaller. Um, or uh, Jones Beach, uh, similar mm-hmm. to that. Okay. So um, COVID-19 is obviously here and arguably here to stay. Is and it? So it's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the news. Um, no, Kevin Owens is also here to stay home. Uh, <laughs> apparently he's uh, off Raw indefinitely. Um, obviously the recent taping at the testing at the Performance Center, the positive test did kind of seal the deal for him. Uh, he had a, an in-law die of the virus. And uh, recently, and that was all he needed to hear to have that happen. Um, an interesting thing. So the ratings came out today. It doesn't really matter what they are. But what, what is interesting is that AEW has held its ground. NXT held its ground, but still lagging behind. So we've seen the early workings of Bruce Pritchard getting involved in Raw almost immediately. Uh, SmackDown is what it is. But now there's worth that NXT will have uh, be visited a lot more by Vince McMahon as considering that they're trailing AEW since almost since their inception on USA. It will be interesting to see what McMahon brings to uh, the NXT table. Obviously, we saw Banks and Bailey last night. And with two major pay-per-view level shows coming up on the 1st and on the 8th for AEW, it'll be interesting to see how AEW, uh, for NXT, to counter-program that. Um, basically, I just expect to see the main roster on NXT, which is a crying shame because, you know, I really hope that we don't get the Street Profits Viking Raiders uh, shenanigans on NXT and have it culminate in like a pie eating contest between Keith Lee and Bobby Fish, oh, or you know, right. I mean, this. I think that's. I think that's where we had it for NXT. So, what could possibly go wrong? Mm. It was a big week for AEW. Um, the ratings don't necessarily reflect that, but it was a big week for AEW. They signed probably one of the one of the more interesting characters that I've seen in wrestling in quite some time, and and Abaddon. Been really calling for her to be signed. Mm-hmm. I popped so hard when I saw that you know her music hit and she came out. Uh, just the whole gimmick is so good, and basically she's a, a zombie girl that wrestles because why not? 
does wrestling. And they, they signed her, told some interesting stories to progress the, the show on, on Dynamite. But also, Cody Rhodes, the, um, who's really turning into Triple H, he had a TNT title match. Why wouldn't he? But none of it against Ricky Starks, former NWA talent. So just another impressive uh, you know, thing for AEW to gobble up free agents during this time of corona, during this time of no fans, and still managed to pull some some pretty land some pretty heavy shots in NXT. In response to the criticism that, well, because Tony Khan came out and said, like, hey, I signed Ricky Starks tonight. He said that at 224 in the morning, Eastern, um, uh, early this morning. And basically he said, no, I signed him after the show. That was kind of like once Ricky Starks got to the backstage area, Tony had the papers waiting for him and said, hey, you're in if you want. And I think that that's a really cool thing not necessarily see the transparency of how the business works, but really to see that nothing is guaranteed. Because honestly, what if Starks came out and just stuck up the joint? Well, look, you know? you're not letting him go. First of all, NWA dropped the ball here. You don't let that guy go out your out your door um, when you had him and you he you had him at the table first. Well, it's not a matter of what they want. If he doesn't want to resign, he's not going to. Yeah, but at the same time, too, again, you know, he what he was doing at NWA was absolutely notable. He was still very young um, and arguably one of the hottest talents on a free agency that no one was talking about or not enough of. Um, and it's just the right, it's how you do business. You bring somebody in, um, it's purposed around that, that belt. And um, I just think that's how the business should be done. You know, if you go out there and perform and you have to tie, you have to um, contract ready and you, you just don't let somebody like of that caliber leave. So I, I love that. In other words, I love the story. Just think NWA probably are kicking themselves in the butt now, like, shoot. You know what I mean? Right. But, but here's the thing, though. If you are Ricky Starks as the performer himself. And you're looking at the NWA and what they have the offer. And honestly, what their roster pool is, what their network distribution is, the best thing they got is the question mark and Nick Aldis on YouTube. Hmm. I mean, that's that's great, but that's yeah. barely above the best indie. Yeah, I, and I, then a month later, he's having a title match with Cody Rhodes. I mean, that's that's a no brainer if you're if you're I, Ricky Starr. Especially in this climate where you, right. I mean, you don't know what, when, when things are coming out of anything. And if you got an offer on the table, I mean, hey, I, I can't fault anyone for taking an offer that's on the table right now. Now, also to be said is I would imagine getting a Ricky Starks or an Abaddon probably don't take a whole heck of a lot right now. So, right. yes, they have a deal. But what exactly is that deal? For all we know, it could just be a couple months. It could just be a short term thing. But I'm that there no, those are both people where I can't imagine you're gonna have to put out a whole bunch of cash to say you have them. Yeah, so I, I'm, just make, I'm, just make, I'm just making it clear. I wasn't saying like, um, there was a which one do you prefer? I'm saying the NWA had them at the table first. Be before this happened, you sealed the deal then, you know what I mean? Once the contract is wrote, uh, written, then that's it, you know, regardless if you're at home or not. But the fact that you didn't get the job done. Things like this 
can happen, continue to happen, and some of your best talent could be end up on the next promotion before you know it. So that's that was my point with that. So it's a it's a it's a very very solid signing uh, for uh, AEW for both of them. So here's yeah. my worry already with with those two signings. I'm worried that it'll be a matter of time because we've talked about on the show that there's only so many talents you can get involved in a two hour weekly episodic television show. You're gonna see people relegated to dark like you've been seeing now so at what point does someone like ricky starks or abaddon we think they may get featured on the on actual dynamite but they'll go the way of let's say penelope ford before her little mini push or private party where you know they got signed and you thought oh wow this this, these talents are finally going to get put in the right position and they're relegated to dark and i feel as if this is just another play for them to stack Dark's roster. And look, and look, and just to be clear, I don't care. It's better than now having no no contract. Yeah, no, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, no. Yeah. So the, how it's to be done, we'll see. But I don't draw it as a concern right now. Like you, you're just getting into the camp now. You you got drafted. You got your rookie contract, whatever it may be. We'll see how you perform. And, and with respect to private party, it's not exactly like after their initial introduction, they have kind of simmered down a bit. Yeah. Um, and and for what it's worth, you know, um, Pac when he came in has still has maintained that level. He was exactly what he was until this happened. And now he's stuck in England. Uh, you know, the Lucha Brothers and most of the other tag teams have really either maintained their their level or took kept it up a notch. Hangman Adam Page is a guy that took was at a level and took it up a notch. Private Party, I would argue, has maybe they have not. It's not a matter of them stepping back, but other people step forward. Mm-hmm. So they may have taken a step forward, but honestly, I'm not seeing anything different than House of Glory part, part, Private Party. Right. When you really need to take it to the next level, once you're on TV, Abaddon has literally had two matches. Yeah. And I think we had we were so blown away by the first thing that we need to see more of her, which got me into Rocky Mountain Pro, where she's the original promotion where she's from. Um, and we'll see how that how that helps. We know nothing. I don't say we know nothing about her because obviously the, the tape is there to look it up. But we don't know what place she has going forward. But what we do know is she struck a note with the crowd in a way that a women's wrestler hasn't done in AEW since maybe Rio, since maybe Sheeta, and since Britt Baker. Like, those are the ones that have really taken it to the next level. And then, honestly, I don't blame Perdella before because she really hasn't been given much to do. Mm -hmm. And then when she did do it, it was the intergender match that was on the boat for nobody to see that was shot on iPhone. So I I don't really fault her for that. And now that she's getting a little bit of a mini push... We're seeing that she's like, oh, it's actually a thing that she can do. So it's it's okay. Um, I think it's a great compliment considering that Statlander's hurt with a uh, torn ACL. She's going to be out for some months. Um, and a lot of the Japanese women are stuck overseas, and I don't expect them back this year. So I think that that's a hell of a pickup. She's obviously there. Uh, you know, get her ass to work. Eat her soul, girl. And I will be having that shirt. I've already uh, looking at pro wrestling tees. Um, got that window open, about to pick up the Abaddon merch right now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're 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 definitely on our time. Um, like I said, they had a lot that's went on today. 
our world professional so we will uh, talk more about um our initial thoughts that we open up the show uh today about the hashtag standing up which is uh basically the wrestling community's hashtag speaking out, speaking out speaking excuse out. me excuse me speaking out um the wrestling internet wrestling community's uh version of me too uh, we'll talk extensively more about that also um, we got some other content that's going to be dropping i just did an interview with Kier hogan of impact wrestling yesterday and we have an interview with trevor eon uh, that should be dropping tomorrow you can stay tuned for that but as a, as always each and every thursday we are live on twitter and i uh, will continue to uh bring you uh our weekly podcast with uh the good the, um, all the news within the wrestling world and hollow cameo in the middle of the show and just, you know, bring that, that entertaining aspect and different perspective out there for you guys. Uh, but until then, everybody stay safe. Uh, COVID is still alive. No matter if you realize it or not, but it's still out there. <laughs> so uh, be safe and uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh-huh.